Welcome back to That's the Tea. I'm RJ. And I'm Ryan. Here bringing you football news and discussion in the most digestible way possible. Today, we'll be talking about Championship Weekend and our Pro Bowl dubs and snubs. But let's start off with the NFC Championship game with the Packers and the Buccaneers. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, I was super excited when Tampa's first drive, you know, went for a touchdown, Brady to Evans. And I don't know, I think, I think Brady kind of fell apart as the game went on. So I'm a little scared for him in the Super Bowl. I don't know. What do you think? I, I agree with you. Um, Tampa Bay really got going during that first drive. Bucks are popping off three for three on third down their first drive. Again, capped it off with Mike Evans' touchdown, like what you said. I just want to start off by saying, though, feels bad if your name is Kevin King. Oh, yeah, yeah. That man got destroyed in literally every single cornerback aspect. He got burned on the line. He got bullied on the line of scrimmage. Tampa Bay threw his way consistently. He could not tackle anyone, and he also got charged with that holding penalty. That was obvious enough to be called, and I feel like it's not really up for judgment. I mean, Kevin King, he's the greatest at jump ball timing. He knows when to jump up for that ball. <laughs> he gave up two TDs too, man. Like, come on. Like, he had one of the worst NFC Championship games, like, ever. And we tweet, I, I tweeted that. It's it's so crazy. The last time I can remember someone that bad was on my man Kyle Williams. Back oh, when the yes. Niners played the Giants, when he fumbled the ball, that punt, when he touched it, and he said he didn't touch it. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 uh-huh painful but we're not going to talk about that we're talking about happy things today <laughs> okay and something that makes me happy tampa bay's defense they they showed up again and again and i think this will lead us great into the pro bowl snubs later because tampa's tampa's defense has been doing great like this whole year but i think people just kind of discount them oh, i totally agree with you and they put pressure on aaron Rodgers. they sacked that guy five times and like what we said in this last in the last episode which you guys should watch it if you guys did not you need to pressure aaron Rodgers. even now more than ever when their left tackle was gone they're injured tampa bay capitalized and three of those five sacks came from shaquille barrett oh yes shaquille which is my barrett. mvp of the game but like he three sacks man on aaron Rodgers too like i don't get it they're just kind of insane yeah and Going back to the offense, though, also Tom Brady, solid game, three TDs early, three interceptions later on. You can't do that in the Super Bowl, but I feel like he's going to bounce back with a little, I think it's a, a softer defense playing against Kansas City, but again, we'll talk about so. that after. Also, playoff Lenny, Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. This is the Leonard Fournette, I feel like the Buccaneers side. I mean, he's running with power. He runs with authority. He has speed on the outside still. Also want to mention Chris Godwin out here finally catching balls again. Yeah. He actually learned how to catch. Yeah. And, you know, that's not even including Antonio Brown, who was out this game. Mm -hmm. They did it without AB. Did you see Leonard Fournette's tweet from, like, six years ago when he was, like, waiting to play in the Super Bowl and now his time has finally come? Yeah. I'm, mm -hmm. It's crazy how the – how just, I guess, like, just all circled back. And I'm excited to see how he's going to play and show up in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Now – Tampa Bay's run game was pretty good. Can't see the same for the Green Bay Packers. I think they Aaron gave Jones. up on that run up? game. Yeah. Because like, like you're probably going to say it right now, but Aaron Jones, he got six carries in the first half, got injured in the second half, and then they just stopped running the ball. It's like, what happened to Jamal? 
tree trunk legs, uh, AJ Dillon. Like, well, they, they have two other capable running backs, but nah, Aaron Jones are all or nothing. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you know, Marshawn Lynch ate skills before playing. I'm pretty sure Aaron Jones ate Butterfingers. That man could not hold on to the ball at all. Two fumbles. One was recovered by the defense. It costed them. Also, I'm going to get this name wrong. Equanius St. Brown must have found Aaron Jones' secret stash of Butterfingers too because he couldn't catch the ball either. None of them could have held the ball. Why? Why, Ryan? Why? Why can't why can't the Packers have someone else to throw to other than Devontae Adams? We talked about this like two weeks ago, but I think MBS, you know, he kind of stepped up this game. And and like Alan Lazard last game, right? That was him, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I mean it, it, but I think we're just picking on some dude that like probably half of football doesn't know yet. Equine. Equimius. Equimius St. Brown. Like, I, I think we're just, like, picking apart their wide receiving core just a tad too much by going that deep in, in their roster. That's fair. That That is fair. I, I will agree with you on that. And maybe we could also agree on the fact that, you know, Aaron Rodgers did not have a bad game. He didn't. I feel like he put up good numbers. He kept Green Bay close throughout the whole game. It was just the O-line. They could not protect him. But you know what else was the problem that wasn't Aaron Rodgers? It was Matt LaFleur. Oh, yes. <laughs> like, would you have went for it on fourth down? Two minutes left in the game. You're down eight points. Even though you went down the field, I think you failed like two or three times already. Would you go for it? I have this in bold. How do you not go for it on fourth down? In the red zone. Yard line. Yeah, I get it. You threw to Devontae Adams three times. They're probably going to expect it a fourth. But guess what? It was probably going to work. Devontae Adams is that good. And I agree with you. LaFleur, I feel like he kind of he kind of threw away the game. That was the play of the game when they kicked that field goal. Yeah, like if Andy Reid can go for it on fourth and one with Chad Henney, what is Matt LaFleur doing? Like, <laughs> you have Aaron Rodgers, not even Chad Henney. Yeah, I agree with you. And I feel like this is why it's so important to talk about really great coaches like Andy Reid, because he puts on the big boy pants every single day, every single yeah. game. And you have to go for it there, especially with playoff implications with the playoff game, literally championship on the line. You kick the field goal, you go pass. If I get it, that they had three interceptions, they have momentum. But you can't get interceptions without them throwing the freaking ball. And with three minutes left, do you really think Tampa Bay was going to throw the ball? And what, what's the worst that could happen? You you fail. You throw Devontae Adams again. He might drop it. Bad pass, whatever. Tampa starts on the eight-yard line. That's such a great point. Exactly. It's I, Yeah. I'm a little frustrated there. Maybe that's what fueled A-Rod to talk like, you know, say some cryptic stuff after the game. Yeah, we will see what, I mean, I don't know what Aaron Rodgers' future is necessarily, but I do know that he he needs more weapons than what Green Bay has. But mm-hmm. in terms of an MVP of the game, I know you already mentioned Shaq Barrett. Did you want to continue with that? No, because Shaq Barrett, three sacks. I think th- three sacks, that's like probably more than a quarter of what the Raiders had the whole year. So I'll give it to him. <laughs> 
Nice. I will pick Tom Brady. And I know the stat line doesn't say enough. I know he threw the three interceptions late. And I know it might have costed them the game. But the leadership and the influence that he has on this team, I feel like far surpasses what the stat line kind of shows. I mean, let's be real. Tom Brady's what brought this team to the Super Bowl. Yes, a good defense, but also this offense was always the problem with being consistent. And Tom Brady is that that factor, that consistent factor. Yeah. And then next we have the Chiefs and the Bills. Yeah. And what are your first impressions of that game? You can blame the Bills on this one. Well, one thing is that Josh Allen has not looked like Josh Allen for the past two games. Like, it's not the Josh Allen that we have seen. You know, he, he's putting up like an 80 passer rating and he doesn't look comfortable. Yeah, I I agree with you. And I don't know, I, I, I actually agree with what you said. You know, like Josh Allen, like playoff Josh Allen, it's not good. He's, he's on, I almost he's not good. He's serviceable, but he's not showing up to the big games when they need him the most. And it costed them. Like, again, like what you said, he did not ball out this game. And he has not all playoffs, but they need him in the other games. They needed him now, and he didn't show up. I I can't agree with you more there. But he is a young player. There's still time for him to, to get it figured out. This is like his third year. Yeah. So he's still young. He's doing great things right now, but... I think he just needs a little more time to get comfortable for the playoffs. I, I agree. And just to add on to coaches right now, you know, I thought Matt LaFleur didn't have any balls whatsoever, but what the heck, Sean McDermott? Like, <laughs> he forgot to pack his big boy pants when traveling to Kansas City. Too conservative Howard. with play calling, selling with field goals against a good Kansas City team. I mean, you can't do that again, Kansas City. And I, I mean, they, they kicked, like, what, three field goals? Like with to get nine points, yeah. <laughs> like, they thought that was the lead that they needed, as if they didn't been, know about what happened twenty nineteen. It could have, it really could have been, and I don't know. But this, this so Kansas. Who, so City. who's the bigger power before we move on? Matt Lafleur or Sean McDermott? I'm gonna go with Matt. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Lafleur because. I mean, like, literally the game on the line. That is true. Chicken out that like is that. true. Like, Sean McDermott was, he, like, he came in playing passively. Like, that was their game plan. Yeah, yeah. he weird. kicked those three field goals in the first quarter. Yes, with the intention think, yeah. of being ahead. Yeah, you're right. Like, that was, like, that was like the game plan. Let's get mm-hmm. ahead against Kansas City. Let's just, like, milk the clock. Unfortunately, Kansas City came back. But, yeah, that's why I think it's LaFleur. Like, I, I agree with you. Matt LaFleur was put in like a life or death situation. Sean McDermott, he, like you said, he played it passively. He just wanted points on the board. I get it. Yes. And you know what team always puts points on the board? Jeez. Kansas City. Man, this team is built to overcome adversity. Last year, down against Houston, they won. Down against the Titans, they won. Down against my 49ers, they won. <laughs> this year, down by nine. What makes it any different when they were down by nine? Nothing. Patrick Mahomes, man, making throws that no human should make, but he makes it look super easy. And I yeah. get that he wasn't as mobile because of his foot, but I think that should heal by the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think when Kansas City is down, they perform better. That's what I think. Because I've noticed I in games where 
they're down like a touchdown or two touchdowns, they just come out with like fire in their eyes. And like they're, they're just playing to win now. But take take a look at the stat line for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, 13 for 15, 118 yards, two TDs. Tyreek Hill, 9 of 11 for 172. I don't know how he didn't score in that one play, but he got like a bunch of yards on that play. You know what play I'm talking about? The one where he kind of ran circles? Yeah, and he wasn't gassed at all. That's crazy. But, you know, something that I would also like to add on about this team is his team leadership, and that was with that Mikol Hardman play. Oh, you saw that? You saw that clip? Yeah, that was nice. Like, they really bounced back after, like, he literally shot his team in the foot. Like, let's be real here. When I saw that play, there's usually one play that dictates how the championship game is going to go. Yeah. I thought that was going to be the play, but it turns out it was actually the 50-yard game that he got like later on like I think it was like the drive after that being able to lead a team the way that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey does along with great coaching like you really don't find that very often and I feel like that's why this team's like really special yeah I saw I saw that mic'd up clip on the sideline when McCole Harbin was just kind of like you know jacket over his head just like all bummed and stuff Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey did a great job at like getting this guy up again because it I think the play after was him on the end around going for like 50 yards. Exactly. Like, so they, they bounced back. They really did. And um, again, like this team's really built to always go to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And that also starts with the defense that continues to play solid every single game. Ben don't break. We always say that in every podcast. They're so disciplined with tackling. They don't give up the big plays. There's not much to say about this team other than they're really great. Yeah. Aside from this team, I think the other thing that was really exciting for me, although this is going to sound pretty bad, but that little rough at the end of the game, like I just thought it was kind of funny. Did you see how the Bills O-line dude just came in like a, like a truck out of nowhere to push a, I forgot his name. But yeah, I did. Yeah. Out of nowhere. And then it was just like a fight, but then it all started with Josh Allen throwing the ball. Yes, yeah. There were also like little skirmishes throughout that game that I feel like kind of built it up. But yeah, that was that was pretty spicy at the end of the game. It was a frustrating Um, loss. And Stephon Diggs pulled uh, that one college player. I I forgot his name, but he stood on the field to watch the other team win. Yeah. Like Stephon Diggs didn't leave the field. But I mean, hopefully that brings motivation to this team. I want to say that this Buffalo Bills team, though, they're a good team. Like they, they have potential moving forward. They have the framework to be a good franchise. I feel like they were just out coached this game, but that's always something that you can improve on for next year. With that yeah. being said, do you have an MVP for the game? I had Kelsey down as the MVP. I, I thought he put up like wide receiver numbers as a tight end, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you? I- a Tyree kill. Um, okay. And I guess Not it's bad. fitting because you have Travis Kelsey. All I'm going to say is that we didn't forget about you. Yeah. Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey. Cause apparently they thought we forgot about them, but I feel like the only people that forgot about them are people who didn't play fantasy football, mm-hmm. but that is I it agree. for the championship games. This week is also the week of the pro bowl. So we will be breaking down each position the players that were voted on by the people and whether or not we feel like these players deserve it and who should be added 
and or subtract data. So before Starting, we start, mm -hmm. can you please do a quick explanation for me on how this Pro Bowl is going to, like, how is it going to take place? I just know it hasn't added. To be honest, I'm pretty sure there are a couple head-to-head -head matches. And all I know is that they're trash talking throughout the week and they're like some highlight reels and stuff like that. This is not the typical Pro Bowl, but I hope that this Pro Bowl motivates them for the next Pro Bowl to be like how it was before with like actually good skill competitions. Because if they're playing a game, how come Juju didn't make this list? Because Juju streams like all the time. It's because Juju ain't I'm not gonna say it. Juju's good. <laughs> no. But obviously he didn't, did he get invited to the Pro Bowl? I hope they rescinded his his invitation. <laughs> but yeah. TikTok's welcoming welcoming him with open arms. <laughs> All right. So the first position we got is QB. So for the AFC, there is Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. And for the NFC, we have Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Kyler Murray. So what do you like and what do you not like? Actually, I actually kind of like the list. If I were to add one subtract one i would add tom brady yes and i think he literally outperformed russell wilson and kyler murray stat wise and i know that we we don't just base everything off of stats but again he led his team he thrived in his position he carried his team when needed 40 tds 4600 passing yards i know it's 12 interceptions but i feel like he played better during like that last stretch than russell wilson and kyler murray and it showed in the playoffs i think so I think the other guy I got down is Ryan Tannehill. I think mm -hmm. I I don't know. I think the Pro Bowl is just like a popularity contest to some extent for the fans. And I think Ryan Tannehill kind of falls like he kind of goes under the radar, but he's on a team. He's taken his team to the playoffs like twice in a row, you know. And if we look at the stats, he threw for a thousand yards less than Deshaun Watson, but still 33 TDs to seven interceptions, which is exactly the same as Deshaun Watson. I mean, yeah, he has a better surrounding cast around him, but Tannehill got it done. So I, I just think Tannehill doesn't get enough respect. I agree with you. And like a really sleeper pick. I know y'all going to laugh, but Kirk Cousins statistically did really well this year. Like he yeah. put up numbers like comparable to Russell Wilson. And I get that Minnesota always played from behind because your defense is garbage, but still like Cousins is, is an NFL quarterback. And I feel like he's somewhere between like the top, like 15, at least like he's better than serviceable in my opinion, but that's I just agree with like, you. my opinion. He's, he's another guy that everyone just kind of sleeps on. Yeah. I or just doesn't you. give enough respect to. Yeah. All right. Moving on from quarterback, we have running backs in the AFC. Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and in the NFC, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and Aaron Jones. Ryan, who would you add and subtract from this list? Now I got one player to add. I think it's James Robinson. And I only know of this because of our buddy Gregory from Fantasy Football. Like, he did his yearly like, I don't know, yearly transactional moves of picking up a waiver wire player and having it be his top player and his starter for like the whole year. So James Robinson, 4.5 yards per carry and over a thousand yards. Like what more do you ask out of a running back? I, I agree with you. And unfortunately, Ryan, I'm going to have to bring this down on you. 
I think you either add Jonathan Taylor or James Robinson, but you subtract Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs' longest run was 28 yards. Why? But do you know what makes it worse? He was 43rd in yards per attempt. So, like, he wasn't making big plays, but he wasn't getting chunk plays either. 3.9 yards per attempt. He was just a reliable runner. I Okay, reliable. I agree with you on that. Not a splashy dude, but reliable. Reliable, but you know who's more reliable? James Robinson and Jonathan Taylor, because they beat them. They beat him in both those categories, and they had better yards and TDs. And both players had more yards per game. And, and, and both players even had bigger roles in the passing game. So what does Josh Jacobs do? He can't catch the ball. No, no, He's not in the game plan. He's not in the game plan. He can catch the ball. They just so don't why want don't they him use to catch him? the ball. Why? Because John Gruden is John Gruden, and I don't know what the hell he's thinking some, some, some of the time. Y'all use him for 25 carries and one catch, and he's more productive catching the ball sometimes, but you also yeah. run him to the dirt when there's no hole. You ask John Gruden how he thinks it's okay to use him 20 plus five or 25 plus times a game and then tell this guy it's okay great players play injured you got this like what like i i i like john gruden for his energy and stuff but sometimes i'm just a little confused because josh jacobs can do it all why, why not let him do it all i agree with you why on take that. him out for Devonte booker i i also agree with you on that it's crazy because I feel like you bring up a good point. Josh Jacobs would actually have better numbers than James Robinson and Jonathan Taylor if they were used, if he was used correctly. Yeah, it's like you find doesn't every team want a back that can catch and run the ball? You have a guy in Josh Jacobs that can, but no, I gotta use Jalen Richard, you know. So surprise, surprise, when Jalen Richard's on the field, is it a run? Nope. Like I, I don't get it. You know, I, I simply do not get it. Sorry. I wish the best I for your Raiders team. Right now. No, it's yeah. okay. You know, we'll, we'll transition. We'll talk about the wide receivers. How about that? I know y'all don't got any good wide receivers right now. I mean, yeah, Nelson Aguilar are cool. Anyways, we have the AFC, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, and the NFC, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, DK Metcalf, and Justin Jefferson, the rookie. I mean, let's see here. Okay, before we start, did you see DK Metcalf's? and Justin Jefferson's rankings of wide receivers in this league. Like, they ranked their top five. So DK didn't have Justin, but Justin had DK. And then one of them had DeAndre Hopkins at, like, number five. You know, so I don't know what these guys are thinking. But aside from that, I think Michael Thomas, the ghost of Michael Thomas, should at least make this list. Mm -hmm. Because they, because when we go to, like, the cornerback section of this Pro Bowl list – there are some cornerbacks on here that did good last year, but kind of regressed a little bit this year. So how come Michael Thomas is not on this list? I agree with you. Maybe it's because, you know, Michael Thomas, like literally the ghost of Michael Thomas, because he played like, what, three games? But that, that is true. But long live, Michael. I mean, who, yeah. who do you have? Um, it's crazy to bring up that list, though. Like, isn't it crazy that they both think Julio Jones was number one on that list, though? Yeah, they both of them both. had both of them agreed, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of forget how good Julio Jones was, and it sucks because like I feel like he's starting to regress. Like not like in terms of his play, but like his body because he's getting old. Mm-hmm. But someone I would add on to this list 
It's my man, Allen Robinson. Now, I get it. The numbers don't look good, but can you blame him, though? Like, the NFC was actually pretty stacked this year, too, with their wide receivers. I mean, Adams, Hawkins, Metcalf, Jefferson. Like, I actually wouldn't subtract anyone. I kind of wish Allen Robinson was here if they had, like, five wide receivers, but he's just in a bad offense. He has a good quarterback, though. Mitch Trubisky won the Nickelodeon Award. Oh, yeah, totally forgot about that. <laughs> Come totally on. forgot about how valuable that was. But all I could say is I hope he can be saved this offseason, him being Allen Robinson. He'll go somewhere else. I, I think he'll be safe. I feel like he needs to go to the right team, though. I know people are saying to bring him into Baltimore, but I feel like they're going to ruin him there, no, too. No, don't, don't. I honestly don't mind him on the Niners. If you like him on the Niners, like, I, I'm, I'm all for it. I did before he signed with Chicago. I remember I was like really high on him when he was trying to find his new team and it was between the Niners and Chicago. He went with Chicago. Yeah, hey, man, he might, he might go for the Niners right now, you know, with Matthew Stafford potentially on the way. He's going to bring in that whole division. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on, we got the tight ends. For the AFC, there is Travis Kelsey and my man Darren Waller. In the NFC, TJ Hawkinson and I don't even want to say his name, Evan Ingram. So who would you add and subtract from this list? You already said it. You're, you already said it. Um, what incarnation? I would add Logan Thomas. I like that subtract pick. subtract Evan Ingram. Logan Thomas, red zone threat, better hands. Stats are literally comparable. I want to bring up numbers because I want to mention this. Logan Thomas plays more of an impact for his offense than Evan Ingram does for his offense. I agree. Evan Ingram is not clutch. He's not. But quarterbacks in the Washington football team, they trust Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas can catch the ball. Again, red zone threat. I would, if I had to throw the ball to someone, I'd throw it to Logan Thomas for a million dollars. Evan Ingram's going to drop the ball, even though I put it on a dime. That's why you don't have Evan Ingram on your fantasy team, but you have Logan Thomas on your fantasy team. But if we look at stats, though, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Evan Ingram has one TD of the season or something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. So I think Robert Tanyan should make this list, maybe even over Logan Thomas, replace Evan Ingram. You know, he, he had 11 TDs, not just one. He had an extra one after that. That's true. You know, to be honest, I like that. Good old, good old Tanyan, man. Baby Kittle is what they call him on the streets. And exactly. I, I, I think if Kittle wasn't injured, he would make this list easy. Oh, easy, yeah. And I, w- I would put Kittle and Tanyan. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree with you on that. And for the AFC, I think it's – I wouldn't change anything. Kelsey and Waller, Waller the baller, they're honestly the best tight ends in the game. Let's be mm-hmm. real. And you heard what we had to say about Kelsey just like 20 minutes ago. So we're content with this list. Yeah. Moving on, we got fullbacks, AFC Patrick Ricard. Richard? I don't know. Mm-hmm. NFC, Kyle. I'm not going to. You, you know which Kyle we're talking about. I'm not going to. My gonna man, Kyle Juice. Use check. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about fullbacks. You want to add or subtract anybody? Nah. Okay. I think the people made the right vote. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if I were to make a case, Alec Ingold, for the, just for the Raiders, you know, I only want Patrick if it's Mahomes, and this is Patrick Ricard. Richard, don't want him. I want Alec Ingold. And just for the re- just for the record, Alec Ingold, 64 PFF rating. Fake Patrick has 61. 
Fake Patrick. I see. I know. So Ryan doesn't want that that discount Dollar Tree Patrick Mahomes. He wants the real thing or nothing. Yeah. You know, okay. Quick sidetrack. I really wanted a State Farm Bowl between Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, but we didn't get that. <laughs> I agree with you on that. That would have been fun. All right. And moving on moving to defense on. now. Uh, AFC, Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Frank Clark. NFC, Cameron Jordan, Brandon Graham, and Chase Young. What do you think? I think I like Trey Hendrickson. Trey He's my pick. Hendrickson. Yes, He's my from man the, from the, the Saints. Redskins, right? Wait, oh, I watched it. I meant Saints. <laughs> I meant Good. Saints. Tons of he sacks. Flew under the radar. Yeah, he really did. Tons he of QB pressures. He will get paid this offseason. Again, I made the parallel. He had an Eric Armstead season, and I feel like he will pay, be paid like an Eric Armstead. I like this list. I'm I'm just a little surprised. Well, not surprised, but just great for him. Chase Young, he made the list. Rookie year, man. Dominant player. I expect good things. It's crazy because, like, you see Chase Young. Like, they said the same things about Nick Bosa, and this is not me me pooping on Nick Bosa because I love Nick Bosa. But, like, I see Chase Young, like, actually fast. Like, he yeah. gets to the quarterback. Like, Nick Bosa, like, powers his way. But, like, Chase Young powers his way or he beats you off the edge. And it's – he's a scary man. It's kind of like what Jadavion Clowney was supposed to be. I like but, that comparison. But no knock on Clowney either. Don't come after me. <laughs> You're a great guy. <laughs> Moving on to defensive tackles. We got – in the AFC, Chris Jones, Cameron Hayward, and Calais Campbell. And for the NFC, Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, and Grady Jarrett. Who would you add and subtract from this list? Uh, I'm going to turn this question back on you. Are you going to say D-Buck from the Colts, or are you still salty that you guys gave him away? I, I have no comment. <laughs> All right. I guess we can move on then. I will. <laughs> I just don't know. I will, you know what? I'm going to flip the blame on the people. How do you not make this man a pro bowler, but he ends up first team all pro, make it make sense. But again, I wish I could make it make sense because my team traded him. And I don't know. You know, I feel like we kept budget DeForest Buckner in the form of Eric Armstead, but we can talk about that later. I will mention one player, though, who is not DeForest Buckner, who I feel like deserved to be in the pro bowl. It's Leonard Williams over Grady Jarrett. More QB hits, more tackles for loss, more sacks. Leonard Williams was literally the glue for the Giants defense because the Giants defense didn't have much. So to put up these numbers for Leonard Williams, I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I'm right with you on that one. Moving on to outside linebacker. For the AFC, we have TJ Watt. Ryan's favorite, Bradley Chubb from the Broncos and Matt Judon. And in the NFC, his second favorite player, Khalil Mack, Zadarius Smith, and Jason Pierre-Paul Ryan. Who would you add or subtract from this list? Uh, Take out Khalil Mack. He he doesn't deserve it. He left the Raiders, so he betrayed us. It wasn't John Gruden's fault. Khalil's Mack's fault. But I would subtract, uh, I think, JPP. And mm-hmm. put in his teammate, Shaquille Barrett, my MVP from earlier. <laughs> 71 pressures on the year. So how did JPP make it but not Barrett? 
Like, I mean, okay, JPP got two interceptions, so maybe that's why. But, like, come on. Like, how? It's because they stopped I... the count. <laughs> they stopped the count. Literally, he only had three and a half figures. He can't even count to five. They just stopped it after that. This is what I mean by the Pro Bowl being a popularity contest. I think the only reason people chose JPP over Shaquille Barrett because no one knew who the hell in the world Shaquille Barrett is. I agree with and you. they they know who JPP is because of his whole three fingers firework tobacco. It's unfortunate because Shaq Barrett has not just been good this year. He was good last year too, and no this, one cared. And it's really unfortunate. He had like 19 sacks last season. Yeah, he he's a monster. I'm surprised that. But no one cares. Yeah, I'm surprised that the Broncos can utilize him better. But Matt Judon. His asking price. Do you know how much he's asking for? Like 19 mil, right? 20 mil. Yeah, yeah. You know oh, 20, 20, 20, 20. Uh, me, let me, let me take a guess. 31. He's going to turn 29 this year, but we're on the same Close page. Yeah. He's a little old to be asking this much money. In my opinion, for a player who put up serviceable numbers, I don't know if any team will sign him at that price. Like, he's good. I, I get so. it. He ain't that good, though. I mean, especially with this with the salary cap situation, like I heard the floor was gonna be 175 and people were expecting it to be 225 if it weren't for COVID. So that's like a $50 million drop. I don't think Judon's gonna get his money. I agree with you on that. Moving on from outside linebacker, we're going inside with the inside linebackers. We have Darius Leonard, Tremaine Edmonds for the AFC and for the NFC. We'll have Bobby Wagner and Fred oh Warner. Uh, Who would you add or subtract? Devin White. Going back to that Bucks defense, like I told you guys earlier, I mean, eight sacks and 130 tackles. This dude is just like a tackling machine. And I remember us talking about him last week again, having a dominant week for that Tampa Bay defense. So why is Devin White not on this list? I know there's not a lot of room with Bobby Wagner and Fred Warner already there, but like, come on, Devin White, where's he I at? With you. I, I think I would rank him. It's arguable to see if Bobby Wagner or Fred Warner is better. I think Devin White's in that conversation, but like honorable mention is Roquan Smith as well. They're both tackle monsters. They make plays with a ball are, but again, with the Devin White appreciation, like he is so versatile. He is what Quan Alexander was supposed to be for that defense. He's fast, quick, plays the ball, attacks the quarterback. He had like, like seven plus sacks. It's crazy, but yeah. Anything else you want to add, Ryan? We want to move on to the next position. I think that's it. And then moving on to cornerback, we have the AFC, NFC. Mm-hmm. Hold up. I, 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 I screwed up there. For the, my bad. For the AFC, we have Marlon Humphrey, Tredavious White, Xavier Howard, and Stephon Gilmore. For the NFC, Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, Marshawn Lattimore, and James Bradbury. I personally like the list. I, like the list? I think it's not a bad list. I think that James Bradbury actually had a pretty good year. I mean, again, going back, I don't mean to bash on this Giants defense, but I mean, like, the highlights were literally just Leonard Williams, James Bradbury, period. Not going to lie. DK Metcalf, Metcalf, Amari Cooper, and Allen Robinson. I, I had to search up who James Bradbury was. Like, I legit had to search him up to remind myself, like, who, who he is. So, but he, he has great stats in the season. But I think one – I'm going to have to disagree with you 
for the AFC list. I think Gilmore maybe should be taken out for his teammate, JC Jackson. Ooh, I like that. I like that. And I'm, this is my analysis of this nine interceptions Raiders had 10 as a whole team. So this guy with nine interceptions had more interceptions than four whole teams in the NFL, him alone. And you, you also have to take into account that Stephon Gilmore was kind of injured for a good portion of the year. So JC Jackson was matched up against number ones and he gave up a passer rating of only like 50. So I think he should make the list besides Stephon Gilmore because Gilmore had a great season last year, but I think he kind of went a few steps back this year, but that's just my take on it. No, especially with the injuries. I wonder if part of it, I mean, again, like this is literally a popularity contest and people know that Stephon Gilmore is a household name. I also think part of what was baked into it was the fact that JC Jackson is like primarily a slot guy. And most of these cornerbacks pretty much play outside or they shadow. But JC Jackson, like what you said, like he still put up a really, like he, he locked up like really good wide receivers over that, yeah. that span when Stephon Gilmore was out. And I feel like he does deserve recognition. So props, props to you for that pick. Yeah. Thank you. All right. And for the last position, we're going to combine free safety and strong safety together for the interest of time. Um, for the safeties, we got Minka Fitzpatrick, Justin Simmons, and Tyran Matthew for the AFC. And Justin, uh, no, sorry, Quandre Diggs, Buda Baker, and Jamal Adams for the NFC. Wait, I'm just kind of curious. How come it's a little flip-flopped? I know this yeah. isn't a typo, but like, how come there's only one for one free safety for the NFC and then one strong safety for the AFC? I think because they can pick a combined of three safeties per. Ah, I so see. yeah. So you have enough controllers for the Madden game, I see. Ah, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, so who would you add or subtract from this list, Ronaldo? You know, James... Uh, hmm. First of all, I just want to mention how 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 is Jamal Adams? Why why he a strong safety? He out here playing linebacker literally every play. Let's be real. He built like a linebacker. He can barely cover. He's just a fast and big linebacker. That's all can't that he catch is. Either. He can't catch. Yeah, and I get it. Defensive backs aren't supposed to catch. But you got to be Jackson really- caught the ball. Nine times. No excuses. Don't come after me, Jamal Adams. He's a big man. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Very scary man. I would replace him with Harrison Smith. Oh, okay. He's he's an all-time favorite for me. I mean, a lot of people still sleep on him. And I, he's not only the heart and soul of the defense for Minnesota. Let's be real. Like, he's the defense. He is the whole defense. He's the whole defense. 63 total tackles, half a sack four interceptions, eight pass deflections. What he does better than Jamal Adams, he can catch the ball and at least put his hands on it. I agree with that pick. I think another player I have here is Jordan Poyer for the Bills. Like, to be honest, I actually didn't start hearing of this guy until, like, the playoffs when they started talking about Micah Hyde, him, and, like, Matt Milano. But I searched him up, and he has a team-high tackles of 117. So this guy is flying all over the field. So yeah. I think he deserves a, a spot too. But I, I think this is one of those things where it's going to take him a few years for people, for him to become a household name for him to make this list. I agree with you. I mean, like, I guess kind of putting this all together, like it sucks that Tredarius, Tredavious White has been good for a good amount of time, 
and he's only getting recognition like now like their secondary yeah. has actually been really good with Michael High with Jordan Poyer again with um with White there as well but like the Bills got like no love until now until they actually started like winning like quality games mm-hmm. and it sucks because I feel like what the Pro Bowl does is that they really highlight the flashy name players which is good but they're also like diamonds in the rough like Shaquille Barrett who really deserve the recognition that don't get it yeah I totally agree with you like I haven't heard about the Bills this much like I I didn't even know about the Bills Mafia until like two weeks ago I had no clue about these things and I think that wraps up our episode this uh this week and to everyone that has made it this far thank you for listening and may the football gods bless your team with more wins this year So we'll catch you guys next Friday when we talk about the AFC South. We're going to break down these teams and what Jacksonville should do in the draft. And that's the T. That's the T. Take care, y'all.